It is part of the story. So it, it's, the big, it's the big hiding and the big reveal. It's much more fun. So, um, so I, don't, I don't blame anybody. It's, it's part of their journey. Um, but what it leads to is it leads to Gnostic Christianity, which leads to Yeshua ben Yosef, uh, Miriam of Magdala, uh, John, John the Baptist, and Thomas. And there's four students that um, study metaphysics, energy, healing, and consciousness from various Buddhist monastic schools. I saw the two black dolphins, and they looked black because they had dark, they had dark skin. So like they look like black dolphins. And like I said, they look like normal dolphins, two bumping up out of the water. You see them completely come out, and they're not two baby orcas. And my husband, um, he was acting like he saw a leprechaun because that doesn't exist in this area. Miriam of Magdala and her three children. Um, in their own golden mandala. Golden, golden mandala. A 12 foot tall uh, reptilian. So I was chasing this reptilian on the beach because I wanted to quiz them. So anyways, I, yeah, I, I chased him down and he's running away from me. So I chased him and then my husband chases at me and he knocks me down he tackles me and so we both fall on the ground and this reptilian runs off down the beach and I was so angry at my husband for knocking me on the ground because I think that was my freaking chance to try to capture a reptilian and interview him So I was chasing this reptilian on the beach because I wanted to quiz them. Golden Golden Mandala. Golden. Golden. Hey, Fire Tribe. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Rising from the Ashes. I am doing this uh, intro piece on my phone in the state of Washington as I am visiting family for some special times. And I edited uh, the music and everything for this in a McMinniman's Hotel this morning as it's just down the road from my mother's house. And anybody who's ever been to Portland, Oregon knows of McMinniman's. They are super awesome. If you've ever been to a McMinimans, you know that aesthetic that they do with their art and music, and they have the ruby beer, which is a tradition for my mother and I to enjoy one of these beverages together, as our my grandmother's name was Ruby, Ruby Marie, and I love her very much. Anywho... We are not going to have a news segment today, but we're going to get right into this interview. This interview is with Von Galt. That is 
Sam Tripoli's favorite guest to interview, um, says our buddy Mark over at My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, uh, and she's been on uh, his his spiritual podcast called Zero, and she's also been on our show before, where we had her on during the Atlantis and Lemuria deep dive, and we talked to her about at uh, Lemuria. Because she has so much gnosis on that. She is a Laotian woman. Um, and with her Laotian lineage, she's able to talk to these Pacific Islanders and these um, <clears throat> these cultures uh, across the, uh, the Asian landscape. And she's gone all over talking to them about ancient Buddhism and sacred architecture and so much more. And so she has a lot of the folklore side of the Lemurian tales and it's quite beautiful. And it's a great episode. So I do suggest you guys go and check that out. We did a really long intro piece for that one, uh, where Dan and I read from books and it was, um, it's an, it's a, I love. I just. I just love how this show, how we've progressed with everything, and our um, everything changes, and the show uh, uh, evolves into what it is now. It's beautiful, and that is a thank you to all of you as well. So thank you guys so much. Um, definitely go check out the Telegram group chat. There will be a link in the description. Uh, it is an uh, amazing platform where we're able to communicate with uh, the Fire Tribe and. Uh, interact and share books and videos and and all of this goodness if you want to support us you can go and subscribe to the patreon for three dollars a month you get amazing bonus content it also helps support us and the show as it costs things to do this show all that fun stuff right oh but even more fun is the new merch store we have a bunch of new awesome shirt designs, uh, coffee cups, yoga mats, backpacks, water bottles, um, a couple truck, uh, not trucker hats, bucket hats. Stylish. So go check that out. Um, buy something for yourself, your loved one, your, you know, your uncle, your aunt, your, your, your grandma and pay, uh, pay some homage to, uh, uh, the great etherical winds and get yourself a t-shirt anywho without further ado this episode with today's guest von galt and my buddy jake hey everybody welcome to rising from the ashes it is Homie Romy. Uh, Dan is not here with me today, and that is okay, uh, because I have uh, with me today as a co-host an old friend from the good old days of high school, uh, Jake Rines. What's happening, brother? Hello, man. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Of course. Uh, and then, so, drum roll, because our guest today is a returner had to contact her to bring her back to talk about this month's theme of paranormal parapsychology ufology and earth energetics how do ley lines how do magnetism electromagnetism how do these special spiritual sacred sites tie into people's paranormal experiences that's what that's what we want to know so um i figured with von galt's work um on the 
Merkaba chakra uh, system and her amazing deep research that she has had boots on the ground research. And if you listen to the last episode where we went deep into some folklore and stories of Lemuria through actual indigenous uh, <laughs> stories, like true stories, um, then you guys will love this episode. To know her is to love her. It's Sam Tripoli's favorite guest. Hello, Van Galt. Hello. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I love this stuff. I love the ability to kind of free flow and be interviewed because the stuff I talk about, nobody always talks about. So, <laughs> And you're, <laughs> so a host, you're a host a lot of times, too, you know, so it's good to it's good to be the guest and, and to get taken. Yeah. Care of, you know, well, you know, that's one of the things I started my Merkaba Chakras podcast for was one. I needed a video library to house all my book interviews. Um, which we'll talk we'll talk about that um, as it relates to all of this because it touches on a lot of this. Um, but also, I wanted to interview people. I wanted to interview because I wasn't hearing the conversations, the the fifth dimensional and beyond conversations that I wanted to hear. I wasn't hearing that uh, coming out of many different channels. Um, so spirituality is great, but nobody was really crossing over into next, next, next level conversations. And so, I, so I decided to. Uh, do the podcast and then interview who I want to interview. And also uh, because I am an independent publisher of my own as an indie author, I don't have a publisher telling me or a, a independent podcaster. I don't have a podcasting company telling me interview these set of people because they work within our, our, our budget and our marketing. And, and these, these are people that we're trying to uh, monetize. And so that really dictates the conversation uh, and it limits it. So when you really have no strings attached to you, you're free to take it as far into the abyss as possible and really ask questions that nobody's ever asked. So a lot of Macabre Chakra's podcast, list, podcast listeners um, enjoy much of the conversations they have with other metaphysical authors as well, who's doing this leading edge conversation. Yes, that's so true. And you Amazing. have... A you have a brand new book out, if I'm not mistaken, right? What What's the name of that one? Yeah, let me let me get it really quick. And then also, um, did you did you read them? Because I remember last time you were looking to read some of them. Uh, I got my hands Roman? on. I got my hands on the uh, on a Kindle version of one of your first books. No. Okay, the Buddhist mandalas. Yes. The first yes. book. Yes. Okay, explore parallel Epic. realities of sacred geometry. Epic. Okay, so what did you think about that? I'm always curious to see what what chapters are most interesting for people. What what I loved is the connections with the architecture that's in there. Like because I started looking into mm -hmm. um, the I'm I'm really into Western uh, esotericism, right? And because you know studying mm -hmm. in Hermetic law, it's part of like a lot a lot of the awakening process and what I've, what I've kind of like told myself at this point is that Western esotericism is just a hijacking or a syncretic takeover of the Eastern mysticism or the older um, stories of the East, because just even looking at what is inside of a cathedral um, or the, the temples of the West world, you have the labyrinth in the classic classes, Clover labyrinth, you know, it's in Chartres Cathedral. But when I started to look into the mandalas and where the actual mandala came from and, and uh, mm -hmm. came on the floor of the 
of the temple and it was created as a blueprint so everything within the eastern uh eastern mystic religions and and culture stemmed from sacred geometry and that is what true sacred architecture yeah. is as well and so that blew my mind that's my favorite and i think you have a, a sweet blurb uh on your a blog on your website that goes over that same topic as well if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah there's a lot of free materials as well though the website macabachakras.com is where i house um pretty much a lot of the services the book links um the podcast etc uh but but yeah you know even if, if you go to rome and they used to prevent people from taking pictures but now people do it with drones but before they wouldn't allow any flights above to take pictures of the um the whole place but basically the center area of um rome where the vatican is it is a uh, a wheel of dharma it's the wheel of it's the buddhist wheel of dharma so it's all over the place i was actually just watching a tiktok video of the pope saying that um they kind of made much of this stuff up and they fabricated stuff as well <laughs> but uh you know Everything is as it is. It is part of the story. So it's the big, it's the big hiding and the big reveal. It's much more fun. So, um, so I don't, I don't blame anybody. It's, it's part of their journey. Um, but what it leads to is it leads to Gnostic Christianity, which leads to Yeshua ben Yosef. Uh, Miriam of Magdala, uh, John, John the Baptist, and Thomas. And there's four students that um, study metaphysics, energy, healing, and consciousness from various Buddhist monastic schools at that time. And when they um, learn what they learn, they moved on to other monastic schools, learned what they could learn, and then moved on and carried on. And then as a result, Gnostic Christianity came out and they did a wonderful job carrying what they learned and practicing it with the people that wanted to learn those skills from them but then of course it got really popular uh the roman the romans came in took what they liked got rid of the rest and the rest is history but that is being revealed because as the energy of the earth raises up to fifth dimensional and higher and the people of earth spiritually awaken and evolve to fifth dimension and higher frequency there are a lot of things that need to be answered uh, for why certain things are happening and if you cut off the roots of where that is coming from then you're going to have to look at where the answers are coming from and they always point back to the originator uh, the traditions that held those um and also in eastern philosophies many of them are kept knowledge all going all the way back to ancient lemuria which is the lost continent of mu and so asia and the pacific islands kept much of the tradition alive as much as they possibly can and it's come through in artwork in architecture remnants and then also much of it is also stored in buddhism and vedic hinduism so we've lost a lot over time and we've added a lot as well 
So it's kind of a loaded answer for that, but um, it, it all goes back to our origins, which goes back even further to when we were seeded on the planet from aliens, quote, quote, aliens, or blue humanoids, which is also in our canon. That's why in a lot of the Vedic um, pictures of Brahma and Vishnu, they're all blue. Mm. Okay. Uh, over time, the, the, the blue goes away, it becomes dark skin, because that's a translation. When you know you kind of like go away from your origin home, and you, you kind of start settling, adapting to a new environment. But those that's the folklore. Uh, but today, many of those folklores are alive in the traditions, artworks, in their folklores, in their literature, in the tribal um, tales that they tell the children and the next children, and, and so forth. But it's not folklore in Hawaii. The um, Lemurian um, wisdom and ancestry is still alive. They don't call it folklore. It's the truth. Ask any Hawaiian. It's not a folklore. It's our truth. In Hawaii, uh, Pele, Madam Pele, the, the Mauna, is alive and thriving right now. Um, and I, I was there on the big island in 2018 when the last flow happened uh, from Kilauea. And it was it was amazing. And there there's such a liveliness that happens from that, like a lot of a lot of terror gets put on the media and the news about what you know, what this lava is so scary. It's all this and that and the fourth. But but really, it's it's more it's more enlivening than it is fearful. It's something to, to be harnessed. And what's interesting be about that and the area where you live and what we were talking about um right before we started recording is the uh there's a tectonic uh similarity between the puget sound and hawaii because they're on like the same edge of the tectonic plate right there mm -hmm. and so you know you were talking about i don't know if you want to get into get into it yet sure let's get into it yeah you were talking about black dolphins coming up in the puget sound oh yeah yeah, they come in during the fall. It's a recent um, discovery. It's been happening for the last couple of years um, that people were noticing. It, it's not a, like a folklore at first or like a tall tale. Like I saw black dolphins, the Pacific Sound, and everybody else is going, dolphins don't exist in cold water areas. They stay in fresh warm waters or the tropics, but dolphins don't come up way up north. And so people would be it. And it would sound like a tall tale, like maybe those baby orcas, because we have orcas up in the Puget Sound. Mm -hmm. but, but you know, you know, orcas—they have the, the white and the black blouches all over their body. And I've seen baby orcas, so everybody has. And so that's that's the common answer. Maybe you just saw baby orcas, um, but no, it's—I saw it myself. It they come during the fall two and they'll come in pairs of two and so you'll see them kind of like jump out of the water like dolphins do okay and maybe they'll split and then uh they'll two around a little bit and um and explore and then they'll jump it again okay so mm -hmm. but they go out of the water they don't just stay in the water they jump out of the water and they go down so they look like normal dolphins but they 
they say look like black dolphins. Do they know anything about them? Like, is there any reason why they're black? Is that like peculiar? That's just what it looks like. Nobody, huh. nope. There's one or two YouTube videos of people catching it off of the reservation, off the water there. So where I live, and uh, you two are Washingtonians, uh, native Washingtonians, you know the area. But, but for people who don't know Washington, so Seattle is the most common one that everybody references because they know Seattle. But I don't necessarily live in Seattle. I live in the inlet that goes away from Seattle, where it goes out to the Whidbey Island, the San Juan Islands, the canals that go out into the ocean. Well, kind of where Boeing is, the Boeing plant, which is literally five minutes from my house as well. But there's this little harbor area um, by the reservation, the Tulate Reservation, Hat Island, it would be Island, Everett, so this little circular harbor area. There's a lot of UFO activity that people in this area see. Uh, and so people don't flinch at this point. Uh, when somebody says, I think I saw a UFO, I saw a fleet of UFO, I saw a couple of UFOs. I've seen 3D pyramid structure clouds driving by from one part of the city along the along the the coastline to the other, it's a 3D cloud-shaped pyramid with a base and sides. Okay. Um, I tried to take a picture, but I was running late for an appointment, so I, I didn't. But uh, but other people have said the same thing. I've had clients in this area come in and get a quantum hypnosis session from me. And to go over the UFOs that they've seen and why they're seeing it. And basically, many of them are starseeds, and it was just to kind of help them facilitate kind of their um, their awakening and raise their frequency because they are here to help heal the people of Earth and also help the different beings on Earth to raise their frequency and heal because Earth is going through a transformation. And as people are raising their spiritual aura field, their consciousness, they can't manifest from hurt wounds. Because they're all what they're gonna do is they're gonna unconsciously manifest the same dramas, manifest from the same clouded judgment, et cetera, et cetera. And so what is needed is a lot of healers and a lot of people to help people dissect why they do the things they do, where are the triggers, uh, where are the wounds, where are the hidden unconscious um, mommy-daddy issues that are sitting there, where did they learn old programming that doesn't work for them. All of these things are old traumas that everybody is projecting from. And when you go into higher frequencies of realities where things come up faster, stronger, at more ease, if you are going to continue to manifest from your unconsciousness old programs that didn't work for you, they're going to come up in even more creative, horrible ways. It's going to seem like hell on earth for you because you're creating from your hidden mommy-daddy issues. And so Source has sent a lot of healers everywhere and is waking up a lot of healers as well. And so, um, and a lot of them live around these portal points where we live 
uh, where I live, there's a porter point. That's where all the UFOs are coming through. The other thing that's interesting is we know in science that dolphins communicate through sonic frequencies. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll send out the, their little bubble frequency to other dolphins. Yeah, yeah, make the sound, make the sound, Roman. <laughs> You're listening Real to dolphin. a lot of dolphins. Oh, I, I real dolphins sound like this. <laughs> when they're happy? I swim with a lot of dolphins I, when I, I go on vacation. One thing that's that's crazy to me that blew my mind, uh, I was digging into like the history of magnets. I was like, let's go as far back as we can on magnets and find out everything we can about them. Because even in modern science, like magnetism itself is, is a force like gravity that it's like we know about it. We have put a lot of equations in and around it, but it's not actually 100 um, <clears> percent <throat> known about it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a phenomenon. But what I found out that was super crazy and a huge correlation between humans and dolphins as well, amongst many other things, is that we have magnetite clusters in our brain. Magnetite is a mineral that is the only, okay, I think there's two, but it's one the strongest natural magnet that exists. It's called magnetite or lodestone. And it is the only natural mineral that doesn't need to be magnetized by an outside force. Like we take iron and we add electricity to it and we magnetize it ourselves. But in our brains and in dolphin brains and in some birds and other specific animals, there are magnetite rocks that are here in our brain. And scientists are don't know really the purpose of it. But when we're talking about areas like this, I mean, the Puget Sound, just to paint a picture for everybody, you have two huge tectonic plates, the North American plate and the Pacific Ocean plate. And then you have the Strait of Juan de Fuca plate, which is tiny comparatively to these huge other plates. And it's sunken lower. And it's right on the ring of fire. So there's a massive fault line and massive volcanic activity. Well, what is volcanic activity besides the most raw, pure of the lodestone, the pure magnetism, the absolute life force energy that is on the inside of this, some people might say, hollow earth. I don't know, but it's there. And uh, so it's really it's fun to find out. <laughs> right. The, with the dolphins being there, the the uh, the killer whales, what have you, the orcas, and then the UFO sightings, and then people being naturally drawn to these areas. I mean, there's a lot to pull yeah. on and chew on there. Yeah. See, so I, this is my hypothesis. Okay. This is just my my musings. I don't have any scientific evidence on this part. So take it with a with a grain of salt and discernment. But I know, like I said, dolphins send out a frequency to communicate to other dolphins. They send they send it. Uh, kind of like this bubble of information and other animals we see that information and that's how they communicate through frequency through the water uh but the thing is is that orca is coming through the puget sound through the san juans is normal that's nothing new but the what's new is the increase of ufo activity that everybody's reporting in this area now people don't go aren't that excited when somebody says they see a UFO. Now they go, what did it look like? How long did you see it? How many yep. did you see? So it's like, yes. you know, a, a little bit more questions besides, oh, I, I saw a shiny car. They want to know the brand. They want to they know the speed. They want to know if there was anything else happening around you that was weird. Anything at all, the paranormal stuff. 
So people are getting much more sophisticated in their questioning um, when somebody says, I saw a UFO in this area. The thing is, is that the, the, the dolphins that come through and they come through not in the summertime, they come through in the, in the fall, which is weird because they're warm water dolphins. Why would they come up in the fall? But they come up in the fall is when people typically see them if they're out in the water um, on their boats. And most people are not out on their boats in the fall because the fishing season is over in September. The crabbing season, well, and fishing is not over, but the crabbing season is over. So people aren't putting out their crab pots anymore. So there's a lot less people. People have gone back to school. And um, so when somebody sees them is because they're in their boat tooling around. So my husband and I were in a, on a boat and we're tooling around the reservation. And I, I saw the two black dolphins and they looked black because they had dark, they had dark skin. So like they look black dolphins. And like I said, they look like normal dolphins too, bumping up out of the water. You see them completely come out and completely come out. They're not two baby orcas. And my husband um, was, he was, acting like he saw a leprechaun because that doesn't exist in this area. We've heard about it. It's been a urban legend. Everybody's been talking. We've heard about it, but it doesn't exist. So we did see um, two videos on YouTube of somebody catching them and we wanted to take a video, but then my husband didn't want us to chase the dolphins to go and take a video. And it's like, we're not going to be that close. We're going to zoom in. But anyways, by the time we finally settled it, they had already gone <laughs> Uh, so, so FYI, next time we're not going to argue about how we're going to take the video. We're just going to do it um, to keep a, rough, a relative space from them as well. Um, but the thing is, is that my hypothesis, unproven theory, is that they're coming up here specifically in the area where everybody's seeing UFOs hover. And I think they're either sending a message to the UFOs or the UFOs are sending a message to them mm. and then they're receiving it and then they're going back out into the ocean. Could you imagine how hilarious it would be if it turned out the aliens and the dolphins were just the whole time communicating? They're like, yeah, the humans, they're, they're not really there. Like, just <laughs> give them patience. We've been watching them. Well, you know, just give them a moment. They're, they're little monkeyish still, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Yes. <laughs> some people say some people say that dolphins are the backup for humans. Yeah, you mentioned that. So so I know that they have like a large is it cerebral cortex? Is that what they have? I know they have like a of the prefrontal cortex maybe uh, the part of their brain in a dolphin is like um closer to humans than Well, they're mammals. They're mammals. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. They're 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 mammal fishes. The mammals in the water, <laughs> but um, no. But it's it's funny because like like one time I was I I woke up and I had because I had this lucid dream and I told my husband and my husband quizzed me and then I quizzed him and we both had the same lucid dream. So there's a lot that can go on about questioning how two people can wake up with the same lucid dream, mm -hmm. and the lucid dream goes like this. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. We had this lucid. We had this dream where we were walking on the beach of Whippy Island. We're walking along the beach, and there's nobody there. This is kind of like twilight, nighttime. To look at the fluorescence in the water. Okay, so we, my husband likes to do that. 
he's an organic he where he worked at the marina you know as a as a teenager fixing everybody's bows uh fueling it all that kind of stuff so he's he's just a bolt boy so um the normal pacific northwest guy and we were walking there and he's looking and in this lucid dream that seemed really real we saw these dolphins <laughs> these black dolphins this is years ago two black dolphins come up to um to the beach the edge, edge of the beach and then they transformed into people yes and it freaked us out it freaked us out and so we ran away from them and then they stopped us and they communicate telepathically in our mind. We're not here to scare you. We're just explorers, but please don't be scared. Mm. And, and they said all that. And so we're like, okay, we stopped. And then we, you know, did a, did the keep a distance of qu- quizzing them to, just to see if they were safe to communicate with. And we felt safe that they were able to communicate with them. So we brought him to the house. Um, and my husband... He, he has family log cabin from the 1900s, one of the original settlers of Whidbey Island. Oh, wow. So we brought, him, we brought him to the house. Oh, it's a long history. Yeah. Uh, but old fishermen, fishermen. This, area, this whole area is fishermen. I have stories of fishermen. So um, we brought him to the house and just basically just kind of had a conversation. I, I chatted with the gal, my husband, my boyfriend at the time, chatted with uh, the guy about technology. I was chatting about culture and, and, you know, what are you guys finding out about this area, et cetera, et cetera. Well, um, bef- the, the thing is, before this one, I had another, it's all the same lucid dream. The night before we saw the dolphins come out of the water, transform as people, we were walking the beach doing the same thing. And we saw this huge, like, know, 12 foot tall uh, reptilian um, walking on the beach and we were maybe 20 feet behind him and so um i said oh that's that's not normal so i wanted to run up to the person so i was chasing this reptilian on the beach because i wanted to quiz them (laughs) and uh, (laughs) get him on the show i interview you (laughs) i do i do i don't want to interview some of the channels i don't want the real deal (laughs) i want to interview you um why not? <laughs> so anyways, I, yeah, I, I chased him down and he's running away from me. So I chased him and then my husband chases at me and he knocks me down. He tackles me. And so we both fall on the ground and this reptilian runs off down the beach. And I was so angry at my husband for knocking me on the ground because I said, like, that was my freaking chance to try to capture a reptilian and interview him dang it and so he's like oh and he's like he 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 was fearful he just did not trust that this was going to be safe and then of course the next day we did it again and then we met the uh, the humanoid dolphins but when we had them into our house for a snack and for juice and whatever uh, we offered them um they're vegan i don't know why because dolphins aren't vegan <laughs> Um, but it's like, I hear a dolphin that dolphins eat fish. Okay. See, do- dolphins, dolphins give you that, like that vegan vibe, but they're also <laughs> like incredibly carnivorous. And so that is, hilarious. I know. I just don't get it. I don't get it either. I'm like, yeah. I, I think that maybe they're having some kind of food conundrum or something. I don't know. Um, but so, so we're giving them 
food and drink and we're talking to them. And then this big white butterfly comes over to the window and clamps on the window and is listening in on the conversation. And we're looking at it and then we go outside and we chase it and um, it goes off and the the dolphin humanoid ambassadors were going, oh, that was a reptilian spy uh, butterfly. I don't know what that's all about. Hmm. So so oh, they want to know. What... I, can I chime in on this really quick? Really yes, quick? tell okay. me. All right. So I went on a, a one of the many deep dives, but like a deep dive I did not too long ago was was vampires. I was obsessed with vampires. We did this whole like thing on werewolves. And it turns out that like in the world of occult and magic and things that like uh, being a vampire might be connect to like being like a, a an incredible alchemist where you find the fountain of youth. You're able to live forever. You're able to, you know, that story of a vampire is almost like the story of an alchemist, like St. Germain, like you never die. Like you find you find a way to transform and live so on and so forth. But some of the folklore in Romania of the vampire which is very mm -hmm. strong um is that the moss and butterflies are one of the bodies that a vampire can put itself into and so one of the connections i made with vampires and you know people talk about reptilians right and all this all this <clears throat> all these types of correlations but to me in my opinion the vampires and reptilians type of archetype itself are all kind of very similar and so right they're all I, deficient of vitamin d <laughs> they just so. sunshine. Yeah. And so the butterfly <laughs> thing, it could have been very well. Like you got that reptilian vibe. Like that actually is a folklore on an and over Really? Eastern I didn't Europe. know that. Yeah. So white butterflies are are could be vampires or reptilians. Yeah, well, mainly moth mainly moths. There's that that type of hawk moth they call it. It has like the skull uh -huh. on its back. It's like the Silence mm. of the Lambs cover of, for the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, mainly that one, but I have heard of butterflies and moths in general. And then also there's the bats, and the, I mean yeah. they kind of have like that same kind of vibe. They fly similarly, like the way a black a bat flies is more yeah, similar yeah. to the way a moth and a butterfly flies. So, um. You know, my yeah, it's it's might be it it it's, it was really weird because this that was my this is a very elaborate, detailed lucid dream that I had, and my husband had the same exact dream. So we woke up and said, "I have the coolest dream to tell you," and well, we're finishing up. We had the same dream, and we were finishing each other's sentences, and I was saying. What were they wearing? And he was telling me what they were wearing. I said, that's what they were wearing. I was like, did you, did this happen? He's like, this happened here. And then this happened. And I'm like, that's exactly what happened. So we're swapping stories about our lucid dream that we both had, which was the same exact dream. And we're finishing the narration back and forth, back and forth. But we just woke up. How does how, that happen? How, how do you feel? So you said that the night, was it the night before entirely when you had the dream uh, where you're chasing after like the reptile? Or was that in the same? No, night? that was the same night. Oh, okay, I, like, I had like, having how... a dream within a dream. Oh, that's so crazy. So what? Okay, so what do you think if you zoom out and I mean, look at dreams? You know, clearly communicate in some sort of symbolism and, and meanings and, and uh, abstract views as far as like what we can interpret here. What do you think about it? Like, what do you think it was saying? Anything? Well, you know, dreams can mean a lot of different things. Dreams can mean like you're working on something in your life and it's kind of allegorical. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that those kind of things. So, so. Dreams can also be 
information that's been given to you by like if like a, a loved one passed away like my my sister a long time ago she had a dream that um our grandmother came and visited her and she was the favorite grandchild she was the first so they came and visited her mm-hmm. and she and this is when she was like nine or ten and she told everybody that grandma came to visit me and said that she had gone to heaven and and that she's 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 good and mm-hmm. my mom uh didn't think anything of it and then we got a phone call that night that she had passed away the night before when she came to visit my my older sister her in a dream so dreams can also be communication from different people they can be they can mean uh things to give you insight on what you're working with in your life dreams can also be work i've had plenty of work dreams when i was writing all three of the buddhism books i didn't sleep this was i was writing the book in my dream mm. okay i was doing the research in my dreams and then and then waking up going oh, i don't know how do i unpack that hey can you okay. hold those up again i'm gonna take a quick screenshot here oh <laughs> Okay, I'll try to put them all up. Uh, there we go. There you go. Cheese. <laughs> nice. There we go. Jeez. Yeah. So just a really quick on the book part. Um, I know we're all over the place. So uh, to help us in this time, because I am not a new Buddhist. I was born and raised in this. I'm, I am um, Hmong from the tribe, uh, the Laos tribe of, the Hmong tribe of Laos in northern Laos. And um, the Hmong tribe, their folklores are the descendants of diaspora from the lost continent of Mu when the last mega flood took everything out. And the people who survived are the ones who went up to the tippy tops of the mountains. So way up towards China, the tops of Japan, the tops of all the islands, um, which happen to also be where all the portal points are, where, where the pyramids and the megaliths are as well. So, um, but we kind of get scattered all over the place. And so, um, so that's, that's where I'm from. And so I was born and raised in Buddhism, but I got bored of the basics. And so I just started studying the art history and the folklores, which was more fascinating because they just sound like sci-fi movies to me, besides the basic how not to be a douchebag and destroy your life and everybody else's life, which is a basic premise, life lesson that a lot of people keep coming back over and over again to do. Just can't get enough of the ego life lessons. But when you get beyond that, there's, there's so much more fascinating things to experience and create and learn. But that's fine. In due time, people, they, they all learn. They're infinite anyways to figure it out at some point. Uh, they might be the last person to the party, but they'll get there. Um, but Anyway, so I studied the art history on all the temples that I went to. I studied the folklores. I would talk to the monks and ask them about all the ancient folklores. And so that's pretty much my childhood at the monasteries where everybody was sitting there listening to the the lecture of the day. I was having this other training that was more fascinating. So, and oftentimes the student monks are not the ones up there um, doing the meditations and doing the lectures. Those are most, mostly the senior monks. So the student monks that are still learning are often walk, walking around the monasteries and talk, talking to the kids and all of that. And I ask lots of questions. So, um, so I got a lot of this information growing up. And then 20 years ago, uh, there was an initiative in Buddhism to 
do a lot of mindfulness and meditation research and consciousness research to see if any of the stuff that we do, you know, what, what, what validity does it have? What can we learn? What areas can we fill in the gap about? And that's all that science is in here to back up a lot of metaphysics um, taught in Buddhism. But um, the first book, this is a basic book, uh, Buddhist Guide to Manifest Parallel Realities. That, that's a basic on the Four Noble Truths um, and basic understanding of how to dissect your reality, the issues in your life, so you can understand why you attracted and created what you created so that you can learn from it, grow from it, and then move forward and manifest into your life to experience with more clarity. So you, like I said, as you go into higher frequencies, you have to have more clarity on what you want to create. So you want to make sure you clean up all those dirty deeds, old baggage that because you don't want to create with old skeletons in your closet. They're going to come out and spook you. So you got to clean up that, clean that up um, and then learn how to move forward in a much more clean fashion and how you manifest. So that one's really good for that. And then um, this other one, this is the one you got, Roman, which is Buddhist mandalas explore parallel realities of sacred geometry. That one is okay. that one is about your Merkaba. All religions talk about your Merkaba. All spiritual traditions talk about your Merkaba, and mm -hmm. it, it 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 it's very very open and incorporates many different spiritual traditions, religions, and indigenous cultures, um, artwork and belief systems. And so I make the point that. It's all the same, and it's basically talking about your Merkaba. And why is your Merkaba important? Because your Merkaba is your aura field. That's the only thing that's really real. This body is, yeah, it's a chariot. This body is an avatar. We switch roles and we switch games every time we enter into physicality, but the aura field is the same all throughout, which goes into the second book, um, Buddhist Mandalas. Christ consciousness of a multidimensional Merkaba. So this is uh, about your multiplicity, about you existing in multiple realities and basically jumping the multiverse and having explorations of the multiverse, which is what I talk about all the time in Merkaba Chakra's podcast. And then the last book I have yet to do, which I'm just sitting on it for, for when I feel, okay, it's a good time to, to sit down and do it. Um, but I think... I think I might start writing it this year, but that's be the last book for the Buddhist Mandalas Trinity series. And that one has a beautiful cover of Miriam of Magdala and her three children um, in their own golden mandala. So, <laughs> so a couple, gotta, qu couple questions. You got to right? have the gold. She's Middle Eastern. She got to have oh, the gold, you know? Got to have the gold, the highest <laughs> of the you know, transmutation is so beautiful. So a couple yeah. questions to kind of clarify a lot of these, like what's really great about, about your story is that you grew up in submerged in the Eastern uh, philosophies and like this Buddhist philosophy and this Buddhist uh, theology and everything. And it's funny because you, you say a lot of like keywords that like people would find in the new age spiritual movement. But what a problem is that I see that there is like a lot of shade thrown onto the new age spiritual movement. Um, and so how did you find yourself uh, 
tied within these two communities like you have the roots of like the buddhist roots and then you you can talk the talk with the any and of, of the best of them into the new age what for lack of a better term woo woo sense but all of the things that come from the woo woo whatever are stemming from ancient actual truths but there's so much shade thrown in there so how do we maneuver ourselves in these waters well um what what I notice because because I I interview a lot of people in my podcast and they do a lot of these conferences metaphysical conference and everything else and um they just don't know where to put me in like because I'm not te- technically new age <laughs> woo woo I'm not technically UFO I'm not I'm not technically anything that I can't I can't be, I'm not I can't be put into a box. Because, you know, even in, like, the Buddhist conference, they can't necessarily put Vaughn's Buddhism because they know it's true. It's in their artwork. They can just walk around the monasteries, everything I talk about. But they don't know. It's not the normal watered-down Buddhism that people have when they listen to chants and they, you know, listen to Om Mani Padmi Hum chant and they listen to basic metaphysics. Well, basic consciousness conversations but they don't go next level and so they don't know where to place me because i'm so many light years ahead of the conversation so nobody knows how to place the content so i kind of fly around on my own (laughs) (laughs) which is which is fine which is that 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 works for me because then there's no parameters there's no expectations there's nothing to kind of steer me to a certain like you gotta be like this you know, spirituality I, I think, can't include that, you know, so. Yeah, I think that's how the most authentic version of what we're, you know, here to to present to the world comes forth, you know, is, is really just, if you don't see a lane for the thing that you can specifically bring to the world, then just make your lane start, you know, grab a machete and yeah. start walking through the forest. And that's what you've done. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I don't make a lane. I just cross lanes. <laughs> okay, there you go, yeah. <laughs> just cross around. But, you know, but the thing is that not I don't want to throw shade into anybody everybody's at a different level of consciousness and they will find the information that's right for them at the time and level of consciousness they are at. When they have evolved beyond that consciousness, the next teacher and information that's ready for them will come forth in their reality and they will follow those leads, read all those books, listen to all those podcasts, la, 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 la. And when they outgrown that and they're ready for the next level, new stuff will come through. Okay. And that's just, I mean, the, the universe source, God, whatever we want to call it, will give you only what you can handle. Okay. You guys can handle next level stuff. Other people could only handle basics, which is f- fine as well. So um, I don't know if that answers your question. I hope it does. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, a lot of times my questions are just rambling thoughts. So I think you, uh, I think you contributed <laughs> very well to my rambling thought one. <laughs> you're, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, I don't know what you guys' thoughts on like two different people having lucid dreams and then finishing each other's lucid dreams and filling in the and, and filling out the sentence. But that's what we had, and it was really, really weird. And then a couple of years later, we see the black dolphin. So, so and the deaf dolphins going and circling around where the UFOs keep on being reported coming through. It's crazy. It's nuts because also like... Now, I did an episode on the Merkaba Chakras. Oh, sorry. I had a little bit of... I did an episode on Merkaba Chakras with Caroline 
I know. Caroline Corey, and she did the documentary A Tear in the Sky, proving Ooh. with scientific research that there are portals in the sky that UFOs are coming through. So watch A Tear in the Sky. It's a documentary, and she proves that. And the History Channel also has a documentary um, with much of the, the same technicians that she used for her documentary on Skinwalker Ranch. It has the portal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they overlaid, they had taken a bunch of pictures of where the paranormal weird stuff was happening and UFOs are being seen. And they overlaid all these pictures of where the dust was settling in the sky. And when they overlaid all these pictures, all the dust formed a round portal in the sky so the dust is attracted to the magnetic of the yeah. portal in the sky yeah. yeah okay so there's two sources the tear in the sky documentary and then the history channel documentary on skinwalker ranch that there are portals in the sky so what we're talking about a portal in the sky um by the san juans is not fantastical it's real science Okay, and everybody's been saying it. Talking about earlier with like the heavy electromagnetic energy that's going on with that one tiny tectonic plate. Like, there's so much Earth movement there. It's like it's almost like you could look at the maps, which you have on your site. You have like a really good map of the like the nexus points. I'm almost Mm -hmm. gonna say that like anywhere where those nexus points are is going to be probably most likely a portal opening up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, like I said, I like to get into next level conversations that nobody's really having, and so, I, and so, um, oftentimes on my podcast, I would put scientific research and notes and and and, and all that kind of stuff to to back it up. So, to, so it'll hit the right and the left brain mm-hmm. audience who needs all of that as well. Um, so there's a nice kind of a balance there in, in hemi science, but it's fun to share notes so i get real-time information to try to figure out what's going on with this reality and the consciousness of people and where are we going and all of that in this lifetime because um like my background is according to all the senior monks growing up i'm what you call a life planner so before you incarnated uh in this reality on earth as a human being you designed your life you designed certain things that you had to have in order to have this experience kind of like if you go on a vacation and you want to go have go go snorkeling or deep sea diving you need the right equipment to have that experience if you get the wrong equipment you won't have a good experience as a deep sea diver okay same exact thing um so you go and you see a travel agent to consult with what you want to experience and we do the same thing with this life. That's why in Buddhism, we call it a sojourn. You're having an excursion, a vacation. You can plan it however you want, and you can renege on it anytime you want. And But many souls plan certain life lessons that they're going to have. Like, I want to know what heartbreak feels like so that when I find my true love, I'm the best that I can be in that relationship and get the most out of this relationship as it evolves and grows. Um, and blossoms. Uh, same same thing goes. Many people want to be a parent, so they may put themselves in an environment where um, 
their family life isn't as ideal so they can know what they don't like to create what they do like. So we can go down that that avenue and that's the basics of Buddhism. That's the basic life lesson for most people that they're still learning. But um, be above and beyond that, then you go into the pre-life planning. And this is what we talk about all the time. We have discussions about this and debates about this. It's about pre-life planning and reincarnation. Why would somebody do this? Why would somebody do that? You know, maybe they should do it this way. Maybe they should do that way. We have this conversation here and life planners are having this conversation in boardroom, boardrooms in the spirit world about different clients as well. How are we going to get this person to evolve spiritually and get to the next level? They've been in this class forever and they're just not learning. What are we going to do different? What elements should we suggest this person do? Et cetera, et cetera. Same thing, same thing. So um, it's not so magical when you see it that way. It's actually kind of work. <laughs> so, um, but that, that's basically the Buddhist perspective on pre-life planning and um, reincarnation, which when you get into conversations in hypnosis, the quantum hypnosis, uh, and, and you go through past lives, future lives, life between lives, they're discovering the same thing we've been talking about. But I like to use real life applications. And so I'm learning about this reality, what's happening to it from my clients that I get worldwide. And many of them are star seeds and they kind of lost their way a little bit. So they need a little bit direction and to kind of focus so they can stay on track with what they came here to achieve without getting caught up in the wheel of drama. I'm sorry, the wheel of Dharma. It sounds the same, <laughs> which a lot of souls get caught up in the wheel of dharma. So they keep cycling back, trying to fix old, old issues that they didn't fix before, and then they create new issues, life after life, coming back trying to fix the old ones. So it becomes an endless cycle. That's why forgiveness is a, and gratitude and and grace is a really nice cheat cheat <laughs> to cut through that that BS that we create for ourselves. So, um, but. That was my background. And it was funny too, because my mother would just laugh hysterical at the senior monks. And she never, she takes them very seriously. She, she respects them highly. But she would always laugh at them hysterically because they would be in the middle of the chants or the conversation and they would just immediately stop, have one of their senior monks finish the, the lecture and look around and try to figure out the man that came into the lecture hall to see who was the one that has the, because they could feel the frequency. So somebody comes in with a high frequency and they stop what they're doing to try to locate that. And this happened so many times mm -hmm. that eventually um, they, would, they would stop my family and then they would ha ask my dad to sit down and look at him and I go, no, ask my mom. And they're like, it's gotta be her because she's always here all the time she basically lives in the temple it's got to be her and they're going uh and they're, and they're like who else could it be who else could it be what other adult is there that has this high frequency and they come down to this little girl that's just looking around at all the artwork and they're going no huh and that that's been the constant that's the constant replay in every monastery i grew up going to and attending, that was a constant replay. And then, of course, they'll sit me down and be like, is there something that you want to teach us? And I'm like, no. 
I don't know anything. I don't know anything yet. Like information hasn't been, hasn't come out yet until many years in the future when I write these Buddhism books and the material that I have to support what I learn comes out in science, which hasn't happened yet back in the 80s. Okay. Mindfulness, consciousness, metaphysics research in schools and academia didn't come out yet to support a lot of the metaphysical advanced topics that I talk about um, that I've studied in advanced Buddhism through art history and folklore of um, different Buddhist and Vedic Hindu texts. So that's my background. So I'm a pre-life planner um, and but, but now they enjoy the books and they just are very amused. They like they can't dis dispute it because it's what they learned too. They just now they understand it on the science level. They're like, oh, that makes sense. I understand it now. Um, but that's the background. But let's get back to the UFO and the paranormal stuff a little bit. Can I tie the? I know we're going back, we're going down the, the trail of Buddhism. You guys have to ask me a question. No, okay. So, so, so I do have actually. Like, I, th I think it's very interesting. You know, we're getting to the point. Um, where science and everybody and in, in just the general zeitgeist of, of our population is accepting all these things. And it's almost like now we're at the step where it's, how do we embody it? Cause we're okay, cool. It's, it's true. And like, yeah, aliens are, yeah, they're real. And then we're just, you know, what do we do with the information? This yeah, is the difference yeah, like between intelligence and wisdom. Mm, yeah. Like actionable embody and, and actually, um, yeah, yeah. Make it so. Yeah, yeah, and this, this is this is where your consciousness level comes into play. So we were having this conversation before the recording, uh, the difference between intelligence and wisdom. And I know a lot of very, very intelligent people, very book smart, lots of letters behind their name, uh, lots of different degrees, make lots of money, all the different ways that we we quantify that somebody's highly intelligent, influential, and somebody that we should listen to everything they say. But when put in a specific situation where they have to apply what they know and, you know, go with it, that's where wisdom comes in. And wisdom comes from your level of consciousness. Okay. So I have this conversation with my clients all the time because, you know, they come in uh, wanting to know their starseed origins, wanting to meet the starseed family, wanting to talk to stores, et cetera. Uh, wanting to understand why they keep manifesting the same hard knocks that they in certain areas. And then they, they get it and they understand it. And I give them homework um, to, to do because in order to raise your frequency, you have to work on, on yourself. Nobody is going to do it for you. You can't ride the coattails of your teacher or your peers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because there's a personal inside job to raise your personal oral field. That's just the truth. You can say thousands of mantras and go to many churches you want, but you ain't gonna do anything about your aura field. <laughs> <Right>? So, <laughs> so anyways, um, but I give them homework, and if they do the homework, it's wonderful. I, they find great results, and if they want to come back and do a follow up, then we'll we'll do that as well. But here is the difference between consciousness, a high level consciousness, and a low level consciousness. All right, so I'll, I'll give a simple a simple example. Let's say you have a dog peeing all over the house. Okay, everybody can relate to this. Just going crazy, peeing, spraying all over the house. Not a good boy, not a good boy. Not a good boy, tearing everything up. Ugh. Somebody of a low level consciousness uh, 
is going to look at that and just beat the dog. That's a solution. That is a solution. The dog's going to be as afraid of you. It's going to remember not to do it again. It's also going to create new problems with that dog. Schizophrenia, paranoia, you know, maybe some intimidation that is going to lash out at a kid or something because, mm-hmm. you know, it's being triggered. So it's going to cre- create a new set of problems down, down the road for that dog because it, it got beat up for being a bad dog. But that was the solution of somebody with a low-level consciousness. The difference with a low-level consciousness and a high-level consciousness with the same situation, you, another person with a high-level consciousness who knows there's a lot of different ways to handle the same problem will look at that situation and go, why, why, is this, why is my dog doing this thing? Let's put a monitor on the dog. Let's watch the dog. Okay. All right. There are reasons why the dog is peeing everywhere. It can't hold it that long. It needs breaks. Everyone needs to come in and take the dog out. You can't sit there all day by itself while you go out and you drink your beers and your happy hours, go to work on your date, and then come back when the sun's down and let the dog out and get upset because the dog peed everywhere. It can't hold it. The dog's also older, so it can't hold it longer. So there's one thing. The other thing, chewing everything around the house. Obviously, it's not a pee issue. What's going on that this dog feels like it needs to do everything, knowing that it's probably going to get in trouble? It's bored. It's got nothing to do all day. Okay, that's the other thing. What about spraying everywhere? Why is it spraying everywhere? Okay, that's not a pee thing. Um, Let's take it to the vet and see what's going on. The spraying may be a condition that it's dealing with. Probably has to do with a UTI because it hasn't gone to the bathroom for a long time, or maybe it's in heat. So there's all these different reasons. But now you've done your research, and then you have solutions. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's have somebody come get the dog out for a walk a little bit more. Let's um, put some activities in so it'll, it'll have something to do and not so bored. And then they'll look at different ways and then apply solutions. Same problem, different solutions. One is a higher level of consciousness. One's a lower level of consciousness. One has a higher energy field. One has a lower energy field. Do you see a difference? <laughs> That's the difference between intelligence and wisdom. That's what we're trying to get to as a society. Do, do you think there's a possibility of a jump? Like if there, you know, I imagine if there was, if aliens suddenly were just, all right, here's some 4K video, everyone can see us. There's, I don't know if you've seen the movie Arrival, where they just have these giant pods that are in like major cities. If something like that happened, do you think, I mean, there'd be a lot of cognitive dissonance like right away for sure, but do you think the general population would like, I don't know, maybe like suddenly go, okay, there's like a whole level of things I never thought about and suddenly rise meta above themselves and like detach from their ego and maybe somehow evolve in a bit just from that instance. Um, there is there is a, a connection. Okay, so in Buddhism, there is a connection to your f- frequency and your experiences, okay? If you are a higher frequency, you are going to have different experiences than somebody of a lower frequency because you're going to attract to yourself um, the matching experience. Kind of like somebody who's constantly afraid they're going to get a car accident and they get into a car accident. Mm-hmm. 
or they're they're constantly afraid that they're going to that like all guys are douchebags and there's no more nice guys and they always get douchebags and all the nice guys look over them mm-hmm. or they look over the nice guy because really they didn't want the nice guy they wanted a douchebag because they had some kind of hidden mm-hmm. hidden mama daddy drama issue that they didn't know about that they have to heal so they are not attracted to that anymore so there's layers to why we do the things that we do um but that's that's like that's why a lot of people say psychology is a lot like buddhism buddhism is a lot like psychology because the entry level when psychology first came through they were studying um zen buddhism and the psychology behind how we manifest our reality from our consciousness Mm-hmm. So, um, so with regards to paranormal activity and seeing UFOs, if you're a higher frequency, you're going to see higher frequency beings who are much more um, loving and much more exploratory. If you are a lower consciousness, you're going to attract yourself beings who are going to manipulate you and you know- use you. That kind of reminds me of this movie that just came out that I didn't really want to watch, but um everyone else in the house wanted to watch it so i was like all right let's do it because it's ryan reynolds and will ferrell they just came out of the apple original movie it's like a it's like a holiday movie and it's about like the ghost of christmas future present and past and like will ferrell is uh he's working as an as a ghost as an energy in the paranormal field um to go and be ryan reynolds uh ghost of like christmas future or something Uh and they break a lot of that fourth wall type of like um (laughs) you know ideas in this movie because they're constantly going back and forth between these dimensions that are on the same (coughs) exact they're in the same exact room doing all um these things paralleling each other and then uh all next thing you know will ferrell is able to be seen by this woman because he really is fond of this woman and this woman is just like such Mm a vibrant amazing pure unconditional loving human that she's Mm -hmm. able to see him and he's like wait you can see me you could see me right now and she's like yeah i can see you're right in front of me why would i not be able to see you it's like oh well you know because i'm i'm a spirit and then but like they just have this genuine love connection and that's what's able to kind of break that dimensional wall yeah, you gotta match your frequencies. You gotta match your frequencies. Um, I've I've done episodes uh, and shared pictures of the, my, the ghost pictures that I get, and the ghosts I get aren't these like scary ghosts. The ghosts I get are like, like like I was at the Empress Hotel in Canada, and I got the Empress, a ghost, the picture of the Empress with her bonnet and wow. her her little holding her thing, and she looks beautiful. She just wanted to say hi. She just took a picture in front. Of, I took a picture of the Empress, and there she was right in front. Right in front, I, and I, and I, I'll take pictures of my dogs, and I will get the deceased dogs that I had in my pictures, and you can see them. You can you can see them in the pictures. So I get loving spirits in my pictures. I don't get the the scary ones because you're gonna get what you are. The mm-hmm. UFOs I get, um, like well, all my clients when they come in for. Um, a quantum hypnosis sessions to understand what's going on with, you know, their energy healing or um, understand what's going on with the UFO that they saw or the abduction experience that they have or anything in, in that area. Um, before I have the session, oftentimes I will have a lucid dream of meeting their, 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 
starseed family, their alien family. And they're very pleasant, loving beings. They're not scary or anything else. And they know I don't like to be startled. So, you know, in, so that I, I'm, you're allowed to come visit me in my dreams, not in my waking life, in my dreams. And so I get these lucid dreams where I'm having communication and I'm basically talking with my client and all they really want is the same consistent message. Uh, our family member has incarnated as a human being for the human experience uh, to learn and send back to us what it's like, but then also to help um, humanity raise consciousness and leave it a little better than before they had come into that experience. But we don't want them to get stuck in the wheel of Dharma and keep reincarnating over and over again. We want them to come home with us so we can continue to explore the multiverse and explore consciousness, explore creation within within the consciousness of source. So this isn't the this is this is the pit stop for them. Okay. This is not where they're going to build their home. But they want, but they're stuck. So they so they send these people to to me. And I've heard a lot of different ways of how they find me. And they're like, I don't know, my computer shut down. All of a sudden, your website came up. And I started going down that rabbit hole. And I felt like I needed to. I heard this voice. Make an appointment. Just make an appointment. So I hear a lot of these random different ways, the synchronicities that they reach out. And oftentimes, I help them pre-life, pre-plan their life. Because in the spirit world, I specialize in pre-planning lives for aliens that are new to the earth experience oh new souls okay new they're not new souls they're old ancient souls but they're new to the earth experience mm. and we have it's kind of like learning english if you're like from another country and you you know english but you're trying to learn american english english has a lot of nuances that don't really make sense you know, in terms of <laughs> linguistics and how it follows language. American English Humans or are English like in that. general? Just English in general, but definitely yeah. American English because we have we have weird yeah. things that we say as well. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but <laughs> humans are like that mm -hmm. for physical incarnations. Like humans don't really follow a certain structure. We're kind of like, like um, if God wanted to have a party and just be wild, he'll incarnate as a human. Okay, this is where you can be wild. <laughs> There's no structure, it's free. Whoa, you crazy, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, I personally think also that, like, and I've heard this before, I've, other people have said it too. Is I, I, I agree with this notion like, source God is everything, everything exists within it, everything within creation exists, good, bad, all of the above. Um, and it creates that, that duality to create from. You know, you need the right lab up, down to create from. Can't look at a battery and say the positives. Look at the negative side and say, stop being so negative. I need to work with just my positive. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have to work with each other to create balance and create new experiences for that. We don't want to go incarnate into physicality. Stay in the spirit world. It's wonderful. We're infinity. <laughs> but many choose to take the, these excursions. Because there's a lot of wonderful experiences vacations to be had in physicality so anyways um it's an obsession with information and, and stories like i feel like 
you know, the spirit outside of being in the in the incarnation when you like describe that they're like they're like, all right, we're waiting for him. He's on Earth. He'll be there for a little bit, and then he'll he'll hop back in the car, and then we'll go on our way. Yeah, you know, he'll tell us all these stories. It's just like we feel like in Earth, outside of Earth, whatever it is, you. It's like we're just collecting data, collecting stories, sharing stories, hearing, mm-hmm. listening, receiving, and then you know, like a perpetual cycle of just like celestial information forever and ever. Yeah. I mean, if you, if this, this is the conversation in Vance, Vance Buddhism, Buddhism that monks and nuns and everybody in this area have about pre-life planning and reincarnation too, because they're always like, everybody wants a better and better and better vacation. So <laughs> a more mind-blowing vacation. But anyways, uh, in short, I agree with this notion that God is basically taking a break being God to just focus on being one person at a time. Whoa. <laughs> That's uh, because if you're everywhere all the time and you're all everything, sometimes you just want a break and you're just going to be Roman. You got your hands full there, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Really spinning a lot of plates, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. I think, I think, um, yeah, so I think being human, the different human incarnations is. Kind of like a college party for God, <laughs> and um, and just having any incarnations, being being different incarnations is God taking a break to. I'm just gonna experience this joy right here. It sounds like fun. Oh no, I'll to experience this one here. Oh, sounds like fun. I'll try this hint here. It gets kind of it, it gets amusing when you see it from that perspective, but that's really what's going on. So, anyways. The aliens are basically trying to help their family members here have the best ride possible and come back home because they this is not supposed to be a permanent resident. It's a pit stop. <laughs> okay, it's a pit stop. There's more things that we are interested in creating and doing. <laughs> Earth is not the only game in town. <laughs> are there any um like dates that are there any like calendars? that have like specific um, dates that in our near future that we might experience? Like, is there a cycle within the Buddhist um, philosophies that we might be encountering? Like what kind of, what kind of, there was one, there was one, you know what they are. 2012. No. So the, the Maya one is popularized uh, because of Hollywood, which is great. Did a wonderful job popularizing 2012. But all the indigenous, many indigenous cultures worldwide, not just the Mayans, um, the chiefs of Easter Island, chiefs in different Polynesian islands, um, monks in Buddhism, and then the list goes on. All these indigenous traditions kept the count for the, it was 25,920 years every Almost every 26,000 years, the Earth completes a cycle and goes up to the mm-hmm. next uh, point in her evolution because she is a being as well. Um, and she has a consciousness. And so she's just, she's going, she just, it's growth pain. Like, like we grow, she grows too. But every 26,000 years, she grows into the next level. So 2012 in Buddhism, because we start the count from um, uh, the first Buddha, uh, Siddhartha. Gautama Shakyamuni, 
2012 is a year 2555. So 555 is a, a number of changeover, of changes. Nothing to be scared of, it's just changes. It's a changeover of energy from the third dimension to a fifth dimensional frequency, a higher frequency on Earth. Um, and so in the higher frequencies, nothing's changing, but it's just like the wind picked up. And if you don't notice that, you don't know, get those subtle clues to start changing the way you behave in this environment, you're going to be swept away and it's going to, it's going to fly around and it's going to be disaster for you. But if you knew that, then you were going to prepare your yard so that when the hiccup of the wind comes through, it's not going to make a big mess in your yard. So I've, I've used this analogy of sailing as well. You can work the normal way, third dimensional way of sailing by yourself, doing everything by yourself. But then the wind picks up and changes. It brings everything with it. And so you have to understand that, change the way you sail, maybe get some friends to help you with the sailing, work together, and then you're going to get to a much more pleasant destination, faster, smoother, easier in that higher frequency fifth dimensional consciousness that is working with the new energy. That's all that's changed is we've moved up to a newer energy where everything's speeding up. And so that's why Source sent in a lot of healers mm -hmm. to help everybody heal their BS because they can't bring up their garbage with them to these higher energies on earth because it's going to be like hell on earth for you and you're going to want to exit strategy out of this reality because you don't know how to create your physical reality with a consciousness that's much more focused and clean and doesn't have any of those old uh, unconscious programming that keeps playing in your life that you haven't dealt with that you picked up from mommy daddy issues childhood bullying living in poverty, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on. These were your life lessons to learn and grow from. But they're not for you to carry on and manifest moving forward with. Does that make sense? You know, and that's amazing. why all these healers are here. It, do, it does make sense, actually, because thinking about um, how we view time and how we view ourselves within time, by that I mean like aging, like how... You know, we'd be like, hey, I'm tw I'm 25 years old, guy. I've been here for 25 years. But the 25 years now. I'm 43. As a, as a, I'm not actually 25. but that was, I got that was, you. Uh, <laughs> that'd be sick. But uh, anyways, um, you know, back in back with before another equinox or whatever, like whenever these floods happen or whatever these cycles end where we do go, the earth itself goes through its age process that we would experience aging the same or differently you know like it's just the way we view time and aging and ourselves in time is really interesting because you said if we you know we're speeding up now now does that mean we're going to be getting older faster or and you know or like how we view ourselves within time itself is very interesting because a lot of older texts yeah will say um you know like that like biblical age text We'll say that people lived easily to be 130 years old on average, so on and so forth. But mm -hmm. um, I think yeah. it's because the earth is constantly going through its differences and uh, we, we view our it's we, it's time to start remembering how we deal with ourselves in the time 
in the many times, yeah, the many many yeah. uh, parallel timelines that that exist. Also, yeah. So I'll give you a brief for, to answer your last question about prophecy and, and with that, that one twenty five twenty five twenty twelve that was the last one. I don't make predictions for the future because which multiverse do you want to make the prediction for? Mm, let me see. Door C behind the door C. Are you at the door C frequency? How do I know (laughs) the frequency? You might be at the next door after that, or you might be one below that. You never know. Yeah. All right. That's why the lion, the lamb doesn't exist in this reality. The lion never laid down with the lamb. It's the wolf lays down with the lamb in this reality. Kind of twisted, but uh, you get into Mandela effects. Those are fun pop quizzes to prove to you that your consciousness is traveling in the multiverse. You're just doing it unconsciously. So maybe learn how to do it more consciously by healing unknown uh, and no longer serving you. That's a quick regarding aging and time um, and consciousness in Buddhism. Okay. Making notes here because we, we go into a lot. So the thing is, is that all time exists now. Okay. It, because everything within existence is existing within the consciousness of, of source. Okay. So we have this concept of nirvana, spiritual nirvana, spiritual emptiness. The reason we call it spiritual emptiness is kind of like a void. Okay. There's no... F- form it's formless there's no nothing it's like the blue screen on a computer that's the nirvana it's kind of like that concept the the void Mm. it's blissful there's nothing now from the void comes everything comes form shapes color experiences whatever comes all these different souls so it's kind of like you got the blue screen and source goes Let's start playing with blue screen. What are we going to do into this blue? And then, boom, you create all these games, create all these images, you create all the experiences. How many different create you create from this blue screen by adding the ones and zeros all into it? That's exactly what Source is doing. And over and over again, it just keeps on creating more and more experiences. And so... Spirits is also created because source wants to experience its creations through its creations directly. Okay, so it's it's just kind of like you got a bunch of parts at the jump. You made it for jalopy egging. Um, and now you want to ride the car that's up. Okay, that's what source is doing all the time. Just it's always creating, putting things together. Together and then wanting to take itself for a ride. I'm going to go my joyride with my latest creation. That's all we're doing too, in a smaller level. But anyway, so all time exists now. And the thing is, is that um, when you are presently healing an issue and you learn to create and manifest consciously your physical reality, frequency that you had before, you are in a much higher frequency because you're creating with more consciousness. And so because you are higher frequency now, 
your deity is tied to all versions of yourself in the multiverse, forward, backwards. And so because at the present moment that you're doing that healing and you're learning to create more consciously your experience, that's energy signature sends out to your past self and to your future self. Okay, they know this in royal rife frequencies for energy healing that, because um, I have a royal rife frequency machine and I put my things in there and I, I for the Schumann resonance, unconditioned love, immunity, et cetera, all my vitamins are taken through energy frequency, same thing for my kids and my family. And it requires a DNA sample because the frequencies are sent to DNA of that person specimen. And whether they're physically here or they're on the other side of the world, anybody with that DNA is gonna get that energy healing frequency because it, it's non-local. The frequency just sends out to anything in the ethers that has that. So when you, when you do your energy healing work on yourself and you raise your frequency and you, you heal yourself more consciously, you change and you send that, that frequency to all versions of yourself in the DNA. And then you have Mandela effects, your physical, personal Mandela effects where history has changed for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, you explained that really nicely. That was actually, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's, that's, that's how consciousness works of time and it, and when you're in the higher frequencies because in the higher frequency everything is condensed so when you're in the higher and, it, and this is when you're in meditation or when you're doing something you love like J jacob or anything that you love to do your pets or kids these are these are high frequency gamma high brainwave activities. These are energy healing activities, Christ consciousness activities. Um, you're connected to source because that's the energy of source. Mm -hmm. So when you're in that that frequency, time faster, but when you are outside of that space, it's gonna be much longer. So every single time I do a higher frequencies, of consciousness with my client I think that they're only been under minutes but they've been under for mm. it's the same thing when you're doing something that you love uh, like meditation or writing or painting or doing music you think you've only done maybe 30 minutes of work but you're really in the studio for four hours mm -hmm. the <laughs> same thing that's how time works with consciousness yeah because the self drops out you know you get out of your own way in the experience and express itself truly the uh yep. I, i'm very fascinated at the intersection of our the and how time works and how we perceive mm -hmm. time i actually like kind of think this is like a total um non-scientifically based you know prediction of the future but i think we're actually going to have <laughs> like a different perception of time over some um I think we're going to have almost like a science 2.0 version of how we perceive time in some sort of way. There's some sort of discovery that we're going to um, have happen. So I, for some reason, I think it's in our lifetime. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if you have any theories on that. Like our, our I do. In time intersection. Vibe. I do. I would love to see experiments. And anybody, they don't need university setting to do these experiments. 
um, anybody can be a rose and just put your information out, out there and, and let, let the TikTok viewers like make it go viral. <laughs> but, you know, we know that in meditation research, like the Maharishi research study, that they've done over 30,000 of these by now where they'll have a small group of people meditate for peace and happiness for everybody. And then the, the, the city that they're in during that time had a low crime rate, low murder rate, everything was peaceful. And it's because the consciousness of the people who are at the higher levels outpaced the consciousnesses. Like, like higher level frequency offsets the negativity much of the masses. They don't math that they came up with this over 30,000 30, different times, this meditation research. It only takes 1% of any given population to off the 99% acting stupid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, um, so that same token of thought process, mm -hmm. if people want to do this, they can focus on healing a specific uh, issue. Okay. And my clients do this. I work with them on this as well, because they'll do this and they didn't know they did this when they did the healing work and they wanted to do the awakening work and so they start healing themselves and healing the mom and daddy issues and then they come in and and they'll say you know my sister had broken her right arm and now in this reality it's her left arm and it's always been that way and everybody showed me pictures they have a completely different backstory of how it happened how did that happen it's because when you started doing your healing work and you started creating more consciously you changed your history same thing goes i have clients that come in and they you know they they may want to work on their issue with their parents. They may they have strained relationship with their father all these years for different reasons. And so finally worked on it, they healed it, they understood it, and they're working on that relationship and they're really, really good. But then all of a sudden they look at childhood pictures and those have okay. It's happening events for people who are in this this channel of spiritual awakening and learning how to create and manifest more consciously the physical reality and they're doing it in the personal life but we could do this as, as a collective as well where we are working on healing the traumas and the issues that we're dealing with on a societal level and by doing that we will create Della effect yeah, yeah, you change the history and you change what actually happened. Exactly. You know, it's, so, you know, <laughs> source, it's like the, the, there was the, the great quote in the Fast and the Furious it doesn't matter if you win a, by a mile or by an inch, it's still winning. Okay. It's the same concept here. It doesn't matter if you do the healing and consciousness work to raise your frequency now or later. But if you do it now, you're going to change what's going to happen in the future that's a given but you're also going to change the past because that frequency is sent out through the multiverse through all the cosmos for all versions of you that have your dna signature mm -hmm. all versions of you get helped we're infectious we're like a love bug mm -hmm. because we infect our family with our good frequency and then they start working on themselves and then they 
level up their frequency and then it carries forth and it's like a big flower of life which is all over the place Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you start yeah not only being around people but even seeing it is like a huge thing if you see Uh someone i don't know if you've heard of joe dispenza um, mm. he does like a lot of consciousness work and he's, he has these big retreats that he's been leading over the last few years and they just, I mean, people are like curing like levels of blindness. They're like walking again they're like, they have scoliosis and it's like cured and psoriasis is cured. And there's all these mm-hmm. things that are happening over just a course of a couple of days. And he says, it's, it's just like, um, in extreme sports, one person did the backflip. Oh, wow. It's possible. Suddenly everybody yep. starts doing it. He says it happens at the retreats. They see that mm. someone could heal. They're like, oh, wow, it's really true. Other people just start, bam, bam, yep. healing their thing. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's, it's so crazy. It's, it's yeah. we become popcorn in that way. We are like popcorn. <laughs> we're walking USB cords of information and we yeah. just, we just haven't, we haven't tapped into it. You know, source is, and this is what I'm saying. Source is taking a, a break. Like God's taking a break from being itself by being each and every one of us. Okay, we're vacation for that, for it. <laughs> to like stop focusing on everybody else and just like focus on one person's life. So um, at, a, at a given time. So, so yeah, we, we all are fractal aspects of source. That life force of source is in everything within consciousness. Everything that exists has that life force. The only difference between the chair you're sitting on and you is the frequency that's holding that shape. Okay, a rock has a consciousness. It's a very slow consciousness, but it has a consciousness and it has a frequency holding that rock. You change the frequency of that rock um, and it melts or it moves or it forms. We know this, the same thing in um, lava. You change the, you change the, the heat and it'll, it'll change the form. So it's the same concept everywhere. It's all about frequencies. So, um, so yeah, you can heal yourself. You can heal other people if they don't know how to heal because you guys are all interconnected. And so if you don't think that you're sick, the other person believes that they can be healed. Oh, how many more different ways we can be the same? We're all connected. We're all Christ consciousness. Source is exhibited in each every one of us, and we're our own sojourns. And to us, decide how we want to ride this ride. I've been. I'm, I'm seeing that meme where it's like, wait, so you're saying we were always one, and like the guy like, yeah, always were, King. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's why I love listening to other people mostly. To kind of, I like to learn from other people. Mm. That's always fun to learn from other people. I'm like oh yeah 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 but um yeah it it it's it's a, it, it's simple there's nothing complicated about it everybody makes consciousness so complicated it's not yeah, yeah. so anyways let's let's wrap this up because I can hear my kids freaking out and it's, it's, it's a <laughs> snow day and they don't have school and they're already freaking out oh, um wow. but so so really quick I want to I want to wrap up the whole um theme roman that, that you gave earlier about the ufos and earth's ley lines and frequencies yes. and paranormal activities yes. all right okay so um all the megaliths and pyramids are on a portal point they're not the only portal points there are portal points in the sky there's there's portal points all over the place you can find them quite easily um if you see ufos hovering around them or a lot of paranormal there's a portal point um now the frequency 
each portal point has a unique frequency as well. So when we get to and start traveling from one portal to another, we're going to be putting those portal point codes in our technology to travel from one point to another, just like we do with computers to market from uh, the longitude and latitude locations of different places, the same exact thing. So we're just transferring the same concept to portal point. The, th the, the portals is that also um, every location on Earth, in the multiverse, in the cosmos, they also have their own um, frequency for its location within consciousness, within source. Okay, so Pluto has its own frequency, Earth has its own frequency, Andromeda, Arcturus, they all have their own frequency. And when we get to the point in our consciousness to be wise enough to be responsible with the technology, it will come forward. Now it will come forward for people who are in the frequency to be able to receive this information. If you're stuck on stupid, <laughs> okay, you will only attract what, if you want the more fun activities in the amusement park, you have to be a certain height, spiritually. Okay, so it's very, very good to work on that because for the next level, people who are ready for that higher frequency, they will be meeting um, their, their alien starseed families in their dreams. Um, they will have these interesting experiences of seeing UFOs in real life or seeing something unusual in real life as well. But it's not scary. It's positive. I don't track anything i don't track demons or anything else that they, they they know i'm just gonna say like oh i can't play this game anymore <laughs> don't <hurt. laughs> they're, not, they're not having any more fun so they they can't stand me because i kind of wake up i turn the lights on their little charade and they're like oh well that wasn't fun <laughs> but you attract what you are so if you're a high frequency Christ consciousness individual, and you know that, and you live in this, this, this is your aura field, you will have beautiful, loving experiences for yourself. And if you have experiences that are not beautiful and loving with, with these, in these ley lines or in these paranormal sites where there's UFOs and, and other things, then um, it, there is a reason you had that the challenge is to understand what that reason is, what you can learn and grow from it, how you can learn and grow from it, and then take that to raise your frequency so that you have more positive experiences. So it's just like dating, you know. Some people have wonderful experiences with dating. Well, the horrible thing in the world, okay? So, but and you start um, deciding what you want to track, what kind of experience you want to have, et cetera, et cetera. It's much more pleasant and it's effortless. It's like, God, where did all these great people come from? Same thing, nothing new, just the same principles applied in all these different ways. So, and we all have the answers to all of that ourselves. You don't have to leak, seek authors or gurus. And it's always, everybody has the answers. You just need to stop and listen to your heart. We just don't do all we have to do to raise 
See, it's super easy. Kids do it all the time. Dogs <laughs> do it all the time. So run and sing a lot and, of and what you get, get interested up. in talking about today. Yeah. I love it. This is this has been uh, actually really good because it's coming out towards the end of the themes. So like it actually wraps up a lot of uh, a lot of the, the kind of topics. So it's amazing. And the Merkaba yeah. itself is, you know, how I view it. It's is, you. It's you. It's your transporter. You know, it's your chariot to all these other like different levels of consciousness and it's not anywhere else besides, well, it's everywhere else as well as being. You know, Roman, I have a last message I wanted to, I have a last message really quick. Um, I always say this. So I get quantum hypnosis clients all the time senses that are coming online and as you are raising your frequency and doing your spiritual development work and you need a consultation to learn how to manage your new six senses that are going haywire. I work with with people all over the world with the six senses is a natural thing, nothing to be scary about. Um, I've seen many different kinds, so it's okay. Um, and it's all confidential. If you wanted to know about your past lives or, or anything like that, talk to source, speak to your deceased loved ones, speak to your deceased dog, talk to Einstein. It doesn't matter who you want to talk to within creation. You can because they still exist and you can still communicate with them through quantum hypnosis. So all these services are available on my website, which is MerkabaChakras.com. And then source, all my clients say the same thing. And so I wrap it up with this message that source wants everyone to know who's on this journey. You've always been enough. Use the resources all around you to create a life you want, a life full of love, and you can do it. Okay, so that's the message for everyone, and you can do it. <laughs> thank you. That's lovely. Well, thank you so much, Vaughn. Uh, Jacob, do you have any final, uh, final out, uh, last things to say, brother, and also plug away for your your stuff as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vaughn, we'll have to uh, exchange emails. I would love to to get you on my podcast and discuss some of your stuff. I'm really interested in checking out your um, your first book. Really, I'm, I'm drawn to that. I want to check You guys ask sure, me so. more questions because I just keep rambling on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, it's great. Sometimes you just need like a little nudging of a question or a comment and, you know, it keeps going. Into well, you know what? So. You know, I, I'm telling you, I'm just getting a foreshadow of my because I'm already used to it. And people ask a question and or a, a topic, and they sit back as little children and listen to the the old Wahini tell story. <laughs> the old Wahini. So, well, well, it's wonderful. Well, <laughs> I just tell stories. Well, hey, that's how we learn. That's how we listen. That's how we, you know, experience. I don't know. Stories are very important. So it's, it's a very important role. Um, I'll, I'll let you go though, Vaughn. My, my podcast is Junkyard Love Podcast. I'll be in touch, Vaughn. Um, yeah, check me out, Jacob, from the internet, otherwise on socials. But that's about all I got. Roman, I can't wait to uh, also podcast with you, my brother. This was really, man, it was great to reconnect. Oh, yeah, I agreed, agreed on, on all of that, brother. Thank you so much for popping on. Uh, it's fun to bring on extra co-hosts, you know, uh, when we got awesome, amazing guests, cause it's like, it just makes for more of a, a fun listen for all of the fire tribe out there. And Vaughn, uh, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Respect your time, respect your work massively. You're a beautiful, beautiful, uh, light 
on this planet and uh you're here and we are listening and grateful for everything so cheers on that and uh if you can't get down with that fire tribe oh you gotta wake up yay